Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hello, and welcome to episode 36, Four Lessons in the Search for Self. And I know that some people think that that sounds a little bit cliche, but I really hope to set out with you and teach you how to search for yourself. Now, you might say, I'm not looking for myself. I already found myself. or I don't want to find myself. Well, that's part of this discussion today. Um, every day is another example of us finding ourselves more and more or facing the fact that we're not looking for ourselves. And much of this conversation today is going to be work, uh, focusing on Alice Miller, passed away in 2010. She was a famous psychoanalyst who basically broke off with Freud and said he was nuts and strongly disagreed with his approaches, saying, uh, and she lived in Switzerland for a while, like all great psychologists, and she denounced psychoanalysis, saying that Freud missed the boat, didn't focus on personal trauma in life. And certain, certainly Alice Miller had a tremendous amount of personal trauma in her own life, which helped teach her lessons, which is one of the only ways to know this stuff well. But of course, we all have hurt. We all have trauma. We all have pain. And when we could start focusing on these four lessons, I believe that this will greatly enhance our lives. So her most famous book is called The Drama of the Gifted Child. And one of the reasons that this book has not been as popular as what it should be compared to what it is, actually two reasons. The first reason is because the title is misleading. The original title of the book was called Prisoners of Childhood. So it focused on how people get stuck in their childhood and keep repeating negative patterns. The drama of the gifted child is not so descriptive, but it was just a poor translation from the original uh, German. Um, but prisoners of childhood is so much more apt. But the truth is that maybe all of us are gifted children, and certainly we are. And I think it's important to think about the giftedness that we had and whether we are bringing that out in our own lives. And there's so much that can be done around that. So in Alice Miller's work with clients, when she, especially uh, mid-career, when she renounced her membership in the second analytic groups and created a lot of waves and created this focus of uh, how early childhood trauma shapes a person and challenges a person and really is the foundation for personal freedom. There's just so much to learn from her works. All of her books are basically the same, but uh, they, they each develop on, on each other. Uh, many of her books focus on this exact point about why we, there's so much violence in the world because of the way that children are treated as commodities and items as opposed to as people with valid feelings. Okay, so let's focus on some of the ideas that she talks about. Number one, first lesson is we need to know that there is a deep root of hurt inside each of us. And in my own psychotherapy and work with clients, I try to go as deep as I can. Uh, I call myself a depth therapist, and we try to go as deep. So sometimes it is a little psychodynamic, but more importantly than that, it's really trauma-focused and trauma-searching of just seeing where that deep root of hurt has come. And all of us uh, as children felt insufficient and judged in my work with children, which is not the, the bulk of my practice, but in my work with children, I constantly see this child-parent dynamic where the, the parents are often towering giants over, over the child. And the child, it's very easy for the child to experience invalidation and to think, hey, I'm insignificant, or oh no, my parents are disapproving me again, because that's really the message that they're getting. I mean, it's not direct. The parent doesn't mean that. They just mean to be reprimanding them and telling them, stop doing that. Stop hurting your sibling. Listen to me. Get in order. Step in line. Do your homework. Go to bed. 
But oftentimes the child is reading this and it's experiencing their parents' control and strong fist or just strong expressions as ways of hatred, rejection, pain. And all children need to deal with this. And we all have it inside us, that rejection that we receive from our parents inadvertently or sometimes purposely as well. But usually what I find is inadvertently parents were dealing with their own issues. So just knowing and being aware of it, we all have that deep root. And this is not a very comfortable topic for most people. Um, and many psychologists, many psychiatrists that practice this are some of the most effective and uh, powerful in what they do. But they're also some of the most controversial because people get annoyed by hearing about this and like to deny the existence of this inner world. Lesson number two, which is just so relevant in Alice Miller's work and in general in our lives, is how our future events after childhood, our relationships, and our own parenting often are influenced by our own childhood traumas. And again, time and again, it fascinates me when I talk to my clients and I see how a certain issue they had when they were a child and a certain negative belief they had because they had a mother or father who was uh, depressed, anxious, uh, didn't know how to parent them properly, had a personality disorder or ment other mental disorder that was untreated or was being treated but not fast enough for the child's needs. How this kind of led to a child taking a position of being hurt, abandoned, second fiddle, and how all situations in life, or many situations in life, they just simply repeated this well-known phenomenon. And sometimes in their own relationships, especially uh, marriage is a petri dish for all dysfunction. And when two people come together, that's their opportunity to either commit to one another and say, listen, you got stuff, I got stuff, let's work it out together with commitment, love, and acceptance. Or there could be rejection and abandonment, which just manifests childhood once again, in which case uh, the couple is doomed to failure. In my work with couples, I try to help show them where that bridge is. It's, it's a conscious choice of I'm going to support you and be there for you unlimitedly, but it only works if both of them commit to that. Otherwise, it's just a matter of uh, when the strong, when the weaker one in the relationship kind of lets go and stops doing it, and then it just becomes a totally dysfunctional dynamic. Uh, our own parenting skills often uh, correspond to that. People say to me all the time, oh my God, I'm acting like my mother. Oh my God, I'm acting like my father. But it's more than that. Uh, Alice Miller argues and shows many cases that because of the child's hurt, uh, he went on to become the aggressor towards his child. And now he feels powerful and is able to hurt a child in the way that he was vulnerable and weak as a child. And now he's able to exhibit his power. So the third step is, and the third lesson is how to break free from this because we could keep denying it and then we'll just end up chasing our tails in our own emotional, sexual, physical, and very, very frustrating pursuits in life. But breaking free is something that is possible. One of the things to recognize is that many people are searching for that unlimited love that they never got from their parent or parents. And they need to mourn that. And there's a tremendous amount of anger that children experience when they recognize that they're not being loved by their parents the way they would like to be or the way that they need to be. And so when a person starts to recognize that, hey, you know, my parents were imperfect human beings, they had certain qualities, perhaps they did. And I could list them off. And they had certain deficiencies and incapabilities. Oftentimes, when I point out to parents, I had one client that uh, came from a very, very tra traumatized background. And one time, one of the most powerful things that she told me for her was when I asked her, well, how old was your mom when she had you? And she said, oh, my mom was 16. And we talked about the emotional maturity of a 16-year-old. And just a recognition that, you know, mom wasn't trying to reject me. She just had her own stuff going on. And she was just so dysfunctional. We think about the age of our parents, even if they were 20, even if they were 30, 
still little babies comparatively. So when we think about it, you know, people are trying the best they can, but often how much maturity do you have when you're 16 or 21 or 35 for that matter? And when we start to recognize that we could break out of it, but we first need to mourn the childhood that we never had and those false beliefs of what we're looking for, that attraction that we have for someone to open their arms and just let us in unlimitedly. I believe in the spiritual realm that's only possible from God. Only God can give us that unlimited love. But certainly human beings are not capable of doing that. And it's very easy for them to disappoint us and not be there for us. Sure, they could give us stability. They could give us love. They could give us a tremendous amount of safety and security. That's true. But they cannot give us that unlimited love where they can, they'll never make a mistake ever. It's just simply impossible. The last lesson, number four, is the emotional freedom and empowerment that comes when you break through. I've seen so many people that come in the office at, at age 18, 25, 31, 46, 59. I worked with someone who was literally 92 and still had not broken free and still had not been able to, had not been afforded the opportunity or perhaps hadn't taken it up depending on uh, what he later revealed to me. He felt he hadn't taken it up. I'm not judging anyone. The point is that anyone that comes in and wants to do the work, there's a tremendous amount of emotional freedom that will take place in that pain of mourning and that anger and that rage that the child has for that lost out childhood and that disappointment that they receive from their parents. However, the empowerment and the amount of power, you become a dangerous person and you need to make sure you keep it in check. But you're unstoppable in the amount of growth that you can do and the amount of self-awareness that you have and the amount of understanding that you have about yourself and how much more love and capacity you have to be a great person and to express this to others and to share it with the most precious people in your life. It's an amazing and beautiful experience. And all I wish for you is that you could tap into some of this by using these questions and perhaps by reading some of Alice Miller's works. There's many other people that specialize in this as well. Learn how childhood hurt does anchor us down at first, but how mourning that, getting over the rage and dealing with moving forward in life could be so empowering and could literally free your entire being from all the shackles and the, being a prisoner of childhood. I look forward to hearing from you about ways that you were able to break through, and I wish you only the best of success in your journey of self-discovery. I hope that I've given you some insight and some guidance regarding the search for self. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.